resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Hello, hookers. It is me, Mickey Dillon, and welcome back to another episode of Pulse Pounding. If you can tell, I am in a great mood. <laughs> this week has been wildly better than the previous two. And if I told you the entire story of what has happened over the course of this past week in detail, every detail, which I am literally not going to, you would be like, are you okay mentally? Are you okay in the head that you think this is so much better <laughs> than what has happened in the previous two weeks? I never claim to be well. I never claim to be mentally stable. <laughs> but this week has been unbelievable. I have been on cloud nine. Why? Because for the first time since 2021, I got to see Rufus Dussault live and in person right up front. We will get to that story. But first, I want to shout out Veronica, who told me this week that she loves listening to the podcast in bed with her morning coffee so much that over the past few weeks, she has missed multiple of her morning gym classes. I don't know if these are spin classes. I don't know what kind of classes she's doing at the gym. But whatever it is, she is so invested in listening in bed with her morning coffee that she has decided multiple times not to pause it and get out of bed and finish it in the car <laughs> on the way to the gym or after and she has just decided to forgo those classes <laughs> that is the best thing i have heard in months what an excellent incredible indirect compliment that this bitch is skipping out on the gym <laughs> to listen to my show. So thank you, Veronica. Hope you're listening now. Get your ass up and go cycle. You can finish this later. I don't have anything that important to say. Trust me. Okay, yesterday I was at a seven-year-old's Pokemon birthday party. <laughs> can you imagine me at a seven-year-old's party with my big fat fucking mouth? Because nothing ever changes. It's not like I go to the children's birthday party and all of a sudden am this appropriate, angelic person. It is exactly what you think you get. It is exactly what you get here every week. Just a little less talk about blowjobs and, you know, the use of the word cunt. But there's a lot of F-bombs. <laughs> it still gets crazy. So anyway, I went to one of my best friend's son's birthday party. And I have been to every one of his birthday parties since the first. When I became close with my friend Heather, her son was six months old. So I've been to literally every single one of his birthday parties and I was not about to start missing them now. So for this year, she decided she wasn't going to cook and put out all the food because she usually goes crazy, right? So her husband is Dominican and the Dominicans, they are fucking nuts. They know how to party, right? They will pull out the bottle of Hennessy and put it on the goddamn table, the Magnum bottle at goddamn noon. They don't give a fuck. They are ready to party. They are ready for the brown liquor. The music starts and it gets wild. I fucking love Dominican parties. They're the best kind of parties. So anyway, she cooks all this crazy food. She spends days preparing. Then she's got to fucking clean it all up. So this year she decided to do a food truck. Great idea in theory, correct? So the food truck comes. There's like burgers and empanadas and all this shit, right? So I see everybody running out to the food truck. So first they start handing out tickets. You need a ticket 
to go to the food truck. I guess they're trying to avoid their freeloader neighbors from coming up and getting in line that don't belong at the party. I don't know. I was very confused about the tickets, but whatever. So I see everybody running for the food truck. And I said to myself, I'm not fucking going out there and waiting in this goddamn line like it's a carnival that's a mile long. I will wait until everyone's done. So after like a solid half hour of the food truck being out there, I'm like, all right, I'm starving. Let me go get in line. I did not eat all day so I could eat like a slob (laughs) at this party because I know how this goes. There's food everywhere. The dessert's crazy. Like I know when I go to one of her parties, I'm going to eat like a goddamn slob. I get online for this food truck and there must have been maybe like 10 people in front of me. It took a goddamn hour and 10 minutes from the time I got online on her goddamn front lawn until the time I had my food in my hand. Can you fucking believe that? They had two people. I think it's a married couple that runs this food truck. And I don't want to talk shit about them because they were very nice and they were great. But they need some business advice, okay? And the whole time I was online, I was talking to all the neighbors and I was like, somebody should give them an idea, right? There's two of them. The girl's taking the order and then she disappears for like 10 minutes at a time and her husband's in the back. I'm assuming he's making all the sandwiches and the food. Now, mind you, it's like empanadas, burgers, and sandwiches. It's not like they're cooking a fucking seven-course prime rib meal. So this bitch will take the order and then disappear for God knows how fucking long before she takes the next one. What you need to be doing is you need to stand outside with a goddamn iPad like this is Chick-fil-A, okay? And then you need another employee. You need two people in the truck making the food. This bitch should be taking the order off the iPad in the front and running the tickets into the back. It should be sending tickets like a restaurant right to the fucking truck. Line them up. Make this a restaurant, okay? You need a new business plan because an hour and ten minutes for a 30-person party to be standing online and get your food an hour and 10 minutes later is absolutely out of control. The worst part of this whole situation is that I was so looking forward to, on my cheat day of my goddamn diet, okay, french fries. All I wanted was the goddamn french fries. I didn't care about the burger. I didn't care about the empanadas. I didn't care about anything else except I wanted the french fries. Two people ahead of us. There was two people left before it was time for me to order. And this bitch comes to the window and tells the person in front of us that she is out of french fries. Excuse me, bitch, what? How do you run out of french fries on a food truck that you brought to a birthday party for a bunch of seven-year-olds and childish adults? And you didn't think to bring extra french fries? You didn't think every person who ordered food was going to get fucking french fries? Give me a goddamn break. So finally, I get to the front and it's time for me to order. I order the sandwich I wanted. The sandwich comes with a side. You can get fries. You can get onion rings. You can get a goddamn empanada. I think that's it. Or chips. Who the hell wants that? So obviously I couldn't get the fucking fries because they ran out. Don't know how that happened. Don't ask me. I really didn't want onion rings, but I guess that was the second best choice. Until I saw the empanada menu and there's like at least 12 different kinds of empanadas. The only one I see at the top is the three cheese chicken empanada. I'm like, I'm going to get that shit. I get to the window, I order the sandwich, and she asked me what I would like for the side. I said, I'm going to get an empanada. She said, which one? I said, I'll take the three cheese chicken. That sounds like the best one. She goes, actually, that's the only one we're out of. 
strike number two. I said, give me the fucking onion rings before I slit my wrists on this front lawn. I've been standing here for an hour, goddamn 10 minutes, starving. I should sue. I should sue the food truck company for goddamn starvation, emotional distress, sexual harassment. I'm not sure why, but let's just throw that in there because everyone else does. (laughs) I'm pissed. Then she says, oh, it also comes with a drink. Do you want Coke, Sprite, lemon, Snapple, or water? Lemon, Snapple sounds good. I don't drink fucking soda, okay? Soda's disgusting. It is terrible for you. If you're drinking soda, stop it. Did you ever see the video where they turn the car upside down and they pour the soda and it takes away all the rust and whatever that shit is underneath? It just cleans it like goddamn fucking bleach? What do you think that's doing to your stomach? Stop drinking soda. Obviously, I wanted a Snapple. I love iced tea. She goes... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that we're out of Snapple. How many goddamn fucking things are you going to run out of on this goddamn food truck? Are you kidding me? There are 35 people here. They gave you a fucking headcount before you got here. And you didn't make sure that you had enough supplies for a 35-person birthday party after the $5 million that they probably paid to have you bring this food truck out in front of the house and provide all this fucking food? Do you know how expensive that must have been just for you to run out of goddamn everything that you had with the exact amount of people that they told you would be there? Unbelievable. Ugh, super first world problems, like super first world problems, totally get that, but I was fucking pissed. All I wanted was some french fries and a fucking lemon Snapple, and I couldn't have anything I wanted. I was so angry. Not to mention that it wouldn't have been so bad if I hadn't waited literally over an hour in a line of just a few people on my friend's fucking front lawn. You would have thought I was waiting to get into the front row of a fucking Justin Bieber concert with the way the line looked and how long I stood there. The time that I had to wait to not get a goddamn thing I wanted is what really set me off. It wasn't about the fries or the Snapple. It's about the principle and the fucking business plan, okay? What are you doing? So now we're going to have to find a new food truck company for the next party. (laughs) Or we're going to have to go to fucking Costco and start buying frozen fries and making them in the goddamn air fryer in the kitchen since these bitches can't provide what they're supposed to. (sighs) Okay. Let's get into the Pride Month shit. And just a disclaimer, my opinions are probably going to be unpopular with a lot of people, and I don't fucking care. It's my opinion, whatever I say is my perspective and my truth, as you say. Okay, I'm fucking sick of that shit. There's no such thing as your truth. It's your perception. There is the truth, and there is a fucking lie. There is what happened, and there is not. There's no such thing as my truth. I'm so sick of that fucking shit. I really am. It's a perception. Your truth, quote unquote, is just your perception, how you are perceiving things that happen and what your perspective is. I'm so fucking sick of that shit. My opinions are probably not going to be that popular. However, they are mine and this is my place to express them because I am the one who spends hours out of my time making this show and producing it and recording it and editing it. So if you don't like my opinions, please stay the fuck out of my inbox. I don't want to hear it. You have every option and every choice not to listen. That's another thing we need to get used to is sometimes people are going to have opinions that don't line up with yours and that you think are fucking bullshit. The same way I don't watch the news because I'm tired of those fucking opinions. You don't have to listen to, follow, or have people a part of your life if their opinions bother you, hurt you, upset you, any of the above. You have every right 
to monitor and limit what you take in as far as content and other people. But what you don't have the right to do is tell people that they're not allowed to have their opinions and their feelings because they don't line up with what you want. It doesn't work like that. That is not the world. And I'm so tired of this whole conversation about privilege and this and that because everyone in this fucking country is privileged to some degree. The fact that you can walk out into the street and wear your your flags and your pride stuff, it's not my thing, but whatever makes people happy, that's fine. You do that. The fact that you can do all of these things in this country is a privilege. The fact that you can take to the streets as I have in the past as well and protest things that you feel are wrong and things that you believe need to change is a privilege because in other fucking countries in 2022, you don't have that right because if you do it, it's against the law and you're either going to jail or some countries will fucking kill you. There are countries such as Russia where you will literally be just taken away and your family will never fucking see you again just because you're a homo. That's disgusting. But what a privilege it is to live in a place as fucked up as this country can be and as much as changes need to be made, it is a privilege to get on the internet and get out in the street and scream about all the things that you are unhappy about. So I am going to exercise that privilege on this show because everyone else gets to do it wherever and however they want. Unfortunately, now it's as long as your opinions line up with what is socially acceptable. What we've decided as a society is acceptable, which is hysterical because it really is such hypocrisy for a group of people who want to break the societal norms and let everybody be free and themselves, whatever they want to do, say, think, be. Isn't it funny that now everyone's trying to limit who's allowed to say what? It's just so crazy to me. The hypocrisy of the whole thing really makes no sense to me. So obviously it's June, it's Pride Month, okay? When I was growing up, there was a fucking gay parade. There was no month. It was one day. You went to the parade. There might have been some events the day before and the day after, but now we need a whole fucking month for every store in the goddamn mall to turn their storefronts rainbow and put signs up everywhere and put t-shirts and all this merchandise out for you to buy even though they don't give a motherfuck about you or anyone else. All they care about is making money and optics. Anyone who's acting like these stores and these major companies, I'm not talking about organizations that actually do work for the LGBT community, and I'm done with the Q. I'm tired of the Q. Do you know why? Because when I was growing up, queer was not a nice word. It was an insult. It was something that people said to you that was disgusting, and it was used in a derogatory sense. So I don't fucking like that word, so I'm not going to use it. Anyway, there's a lot of nonsense going on during Pride Month, okay? First, we have Burger King. Burger King is getting some heat because in Austria, they have a social media campaign. And I'm not sure if it's just in Austria or what other countries Burger King is doing this. But they have introduced something called the Pride Whopper, okay? The Pride Whopper. The intended message of the Pride Whopper was to spread equal love and equal rights. This is a this is a spokesperson speaking. <laughs> oh my god. So what they've done to advocate for equal love and equal rights is take the whopper and have you order it with either two top buns or two bottom buns. <laughs> First of all, two tops don't make a bottom, two bottoms don't make a top, so that doesn't make any fucking sense, okay? So you can tell whoever's on the marketing team over at Burger King making the Whoppers is not a fucking homo because they're not doing it right. The point is you have one top bun and one bottom bun, so the regular Whopper 
is a pride lover in itself, okay? What the fuck are you talking about, two tops and two bottoms? Those don't go together. What kind of puzzle do you ever see where you slam two of the same pieces together and they fit? It doesn't work like that, buddy. I don't know what part of a whopper representing the gay community helps you or makes you feel better or that you belong anymore. It doesn't make any sense to me, okay? The second one is Postmates. Postmates has introduced a bottom-friendly menu. Are you with me? About foods that you can eat before you get slammed in the ass? I don't need you to tell me what I should and shouldn't be fucking eating. What are you talking about? How do you know what I should or shouldn't be doing for my body before somebody shoves a dick up another's ass? What are you talking about? Let me play this for you. You got to hear this. It's unbelievable. This is on the Postmates Twitter. It says, you shouldn't miss a good meal for a good time. That's why this pride, we've teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein. Okay, I want his doctor revoked for this <laughs> listen to me i'm sounding like the fucking cancel culture people fire him take his job this is ridiculous to create the world's first bottom friendly menu hashtag eat with pride listen to this shit this is fucking unbelievable what are you eating this pride well if you're a top it seems like you can eat whatever you want but if you're a bottom you're expected to starve not this pride introducing the bottom friendly menu from postmates we teamed up with dr evan goldstein from bespoke surgical to bring you a menu of bottom friendly foods backed by science insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute so avoid things like whole grains wheat bran cauliflower potatoes legumes i i just i cannot first of all there's a bunch of fruit and fucking vegetables in this goddamn commercial for this Postmates menu, okay? And they have dressed them in jock straps, leather, and thongs. I am fucking tired of this shit. Tired of this shit. Do you know why? Because I'm a homo who has never worn a fucking thong or a piece of leather other than pants, and I don't understand how they think this is representative. So what is it about the gays that we can take the stereotypes and we can blast them all over the internet, all over television, all over stores? to market to those people. Why is that fun and endearing? But if we did that with somebody's culture, whether it was black culture, whether it was Asian people, whether it was Latin Americans, Latin people, if we took their culture, the stereotypes that we've created about their culture, and we blasted them all over the place in an advertisement to almost mock it in a playful way to then sell them a product and make ourselves money, we would be disgusting, racist pieces of shit, and they would be advocating for our businesses to be shut down and our products to be pulled and for us to lose our jobs. So I'm really not sure why during June of every year we take the homo stereotypes that a lot of us don't even line up with and blast them everywhere to mock people to then sell them products they don't fucking need. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you are a homo who puts a dick in your ass, you are well aware of how 
to do so properly. I don't need fucking Postmates to try to sell me a $25 salad on their menu because that's what I should be eating before I'm riding a dick, okay? Don't worry about me, Postmates. Worry about yourself. Worry about your goddamn app that crashes every five minutes. How about that? I honestly am just so tired of the shit. I really am. I've seen so many videos this week. I saw a video of a teacher. I don't remember where she was from, but she was a teacher for fourth grade students, and she's crying in her car on video posting this on TikTok, which she has since made her video private. So it's so funny to me how everyone wants to scream about shit on the internet, and then the minute it garners some attention and some views and people start putting the heat on you, all of a sudden you gotta block it out. You don't want to hear it. That's another thing about these one-sided opinions. This teacher, a fourth grade teacher, is in the car crying, talking about how she came out to her students, like in the front of the classroom, came out to her students as whatever she was. Why is this a thing? When I was going to school, the teachers didn't talk about their personal lives. The most you knew about them is if they had husbands, wives, kids, whatever. You didn't know what kind of shit they were into as far as sexual preference. Why the fuck do you need to tell your fourth grade students that? I understand the perspective of sometimes with teachers, students can get close to them and students may feel more comfortable to talk to their teachers if they don't feel comfortable talking to their families about their own personal experiences, but make it about the kids. It's not about you. This teacher is going on to say how safe her students make her feel and all this shit. Like, it's not about you. You're supposed to be educating the youth and you're supposed to be providing an environment for them that is open and makes them feel like they are safe here in school and they can come to you with concerns. So maybe to say at the beginning of this month, you know, whatever you're dealing with as far as being unsure about your as far as questions that you have about yourself, just know that this is an open and accepted environment. And if you have something that you need to talk about, you can always come to me. I'm not judgmental. I would never do this and that. And the third, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a way to do it where you're letting the students know. I'm open to whatever you need, but you don't have to fucking sit there and tell your entire personal story. It's strange. When I was growing up, teachers weren't even allowed to tell their own political opinions because you're not supposed to influence students based on your bias. You're not supposed to have a teacher who a student likes who's a fucking Republican or a Democrat. So now they're like, oh, well, that sounds right. That's what I should be because this person is this and that person is that and I want to be like them. And to pretend that kids are not impressionable at a certain age is absolutely fucking ridiculous. I never had a teacher talk to me about their personal political beliefs when I was growing up. I actually have so many memories of multiple teachers avoiding that conversation and telling us that they couldn't talk about that because they were afraid for their jobs. Because their job is to inform you of things and let you make your own decisions and develop your own opinions and prepare you. They taught us about registering to vote. Actually, in high school, I'm pretty sure before I even turned 18, you were able to submit your voter voting registration. So I sat in the classroom. I don't remember what class it was. I'm sure it was some kind of history or whatever. But they had us fill out our registration for voting so that when we turned 18 the next year, it was an election year, we went to vote. That's excellent. Educate people on the importance of voting. Educate people on how to do so. 
educate your students on how to make informed decisions. It's just so ridiculous to me that we're painting this narrative in either politics, and I don't talk about politics a lot because I'm tired of the shit and I don't want to fucking argue with people, and I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because I have my own mind, and I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you're conservative or you're this or that, because either way, if you're too far on one side, regardless of what side it is, you're absolutely fucking delusional, okay? If you believe that any of these presidents of the United States of America have your fucking best interest at heart, you're a fool, okay? Because every single one of them does the same thing. They promise you this, that, and the third to get elected, and they never do fucking any of it. It's always been the same. As long as I've been alive, that's how it's been. I can't speak for what happened before, but I mean, it's pretty well documented. To act as though the president of the United States is not a glorified spokesperson, okay, a fucking news reporter for all the decisions that everyone else makes, it's just so ridiculous to me. It's so ridiculous to me. The fact that people aren't talking to family members over political opinions, what happened to the days where we didn't talk about that at the dinner table? You know what I mean? It's good to have informed conversation, but nobody is tolerant. Everyone claims to be tolerant, but nobody is tolerant anymore of opinions that don't line up with theirs, and it doesn't make sense to me. I think with my fucking head, if I look at something and it doesn't make sense, it doesn't fucking make sense. It doesn't matter what side of the fucking aisle the idea came from. If it's stupid, it's fucking stupid. I don't care. I'm not going to side with something. It, it's such an outdated system. There's, there shouldn't be two sides of anything. This is one country. This is one fucking country where everyone has to live and come to sor some sort of agreement over certain situations. And I don't know what the solution is because it's not my fucking job to find a solution. But this ain't it. I'll fucking tell you that. What's going on right now in this world is not fucking it. So anyway... I'm sick of the pride shit. And you know why I'm sick of the pride shit? Because none of it is about fucking anything anymore. If you want to donate some money as a person or as a corporation, donate to the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is an organization that counsels and provides resources to youth who are in danger, whether it be of themselves or others, okay? All of the kids, the millions of kids across America who are not accepted by their families when they come out, such as my fucking self when I was younger and have nowhere to go, I'm thankful that I came to an understanding with my family during that time of my life, and I didn't get kicked out of my house. I wasn't out on the street. I was fortunate in that sense. But it wasn't fucking fun in the beginning, okay? And it's a lot worse for a lot of people, even in today's times, especially as things become more and more different, let's say, because when I was younger, it wasn't a public conversation. It wasn't talked about the way it is now as far as trans issues, non-binary people, and all this other stuff. It's, it's newer to the public conversation in the forefront. So back then, we were kind of just dealing with gay or not. But there are so many young kids whose families are so fucking terrible to them over this shit that they don't have a place to live. They get kicked out of their house. They have nowhere to go. They have no one to turn to. They don't have friends to talk to about it. They don't have family that they can talk to about it. They don't feel comfortable talking to a teacher. So places like the Trevor Project are places that these people can reach out to and use their resources. There's counselors there. They'll they'll put you in touch with a community of people. They'll help you make a friend that, could, that is somewhat like you. They'll help you find a job. They'll help you find a place to live. There's shelters for LGBT youth in, in New York 
York and LA. Donate to one of those fucking places, corporations, okay? Postmates and Burger King. Instead of making these bullshit stereotype ads that we all are pretending are so fucking helpful and funny, it's all bullshit. Do something real or shut the fuck up. Stop spending millions of dollars on all these stupid events for a month in New York City so that all these gays between fucking 18 and 60 can walk around in their fucking jock straps and leather and twiddle each other's dicks. It's fucking stupid. Do something real or shut the fuck up because this mask of you helping the world and, and we're helping the youth feel accepted by walking around in our fucking thongs on a float with balloons is not real. It's all a fucking illusion. Make a real difference or shut the fuck up. That's how I feel. Don't give me a fucking menu on a bullshit app for a bunch of bullshit restaurants to give them my money and, and pretend that we're supporting pride and the youth. It's fucking bullshit. Also, being gay is not who I am. I don't know what this whole thing is, is that we have to like scream it out into the world. And again, very unpopular opinion. I don't care. This is my personal perception and this is my life experience. And if you don't like it, that's your perspective and that's perfectly okay. You can think I'm a fucking asshole and not agree with what I have to say. That's fine. Don't listen to it. Being gay is not the entirety of who I am. It is not who I am as a person. I am a loyal friend. I am a creative person. I am a hard worker. I have goals. I am in a relationship. I have friends. I have family that I am in an integral part of their lives. This fucking shit with what I should eat before I take a fucking dick is not who I am as a person. Being gay is not who I am as a person. There's so many character traits that make up who I am. There's so many experiences and there's so many hobbies and there's so many things I do on a daily, monthly, weekly basis. There's so many relationships that I've nurtured over the years. Those are the things that make me who the fuck I am. Not being a homo. It doesn't make me who I am. It's a part of who I am. So why we need to pretend that that is our entire identity sounds to me like it's coming from a bunch of people who don't have a lot to identify with, who are looking for a group to feel a part of something because they don't have that. And that's okay. That's fine if that's who you are. That's fine. But what we're doing with all this bullshit all month of contributing to this capitalism that you're all so against is fucking crazy to me. You're literally the biggest hypocrites in the fucking world. I can't stand it. <sighs> I'm glad I got that out. Anyway, I saw this really great video in a much lighter way, kind of expressed how I feel. So I'm going to play it. It is by Knee Baby Comedy. She is a comedian on TikTok. Um, and this shit's funny. This really cracked me up because this is kind of how I feel. Listen, man, I can't speak for nobody else. But the LGBT community that I was once a part of is not that same community. We used to be happy and gay. <laughs> now we're just miserable and mad and talking about each other, saying what we should do and what we can't do, what we ain't doing, what we ain't doing. <laughs> mad, mad because the feminine lesbians is done with the studs. They just fucking with each other now. <laughs> mad because the stems came out. They half stem, half stud. Mad because the transgender male is going to date the male. Having babies and shit. Mad because people ain't using the right pronouns and adjectives and shit. What happened to us being happy and just gay? We is divided. We is five now. It's not the same LGBT community. I'm out. I'm out. I'm <laughs> 
<laughs> Bro, that shit cracked me up so bad when I saw it. That's exactly how I feel, much more lightly than how I put it. I just needed to get that frustration out, and I don't even know if any of what I said made sense, but you know what? It felt good to just get it out. But that's exactly how I feel. Like, this is not what I grew up a part of. Like, we were like the fun outcasts, and we wanted things like equal rights and, and marriage equality, and we accomplished those things, and it was a celebration. But it wasn't so fucking stressful. We didn't all have to scream at each other within a community about who's doing the right thing for this one or that. It's so crazy to me how like upsetting and angry it has gotten. It's just not the same anymore. And it used to be fun. <laughs> it used to be fun to be gay. And now it feels like work and stress. And God forbid you don't say this or do this or feel this way. You're like an outcast in your own community. So how is that fucking accepting people? It's just crazy to me. But she really cracked me up when I saw that video. She said, we used to be gay and happy. <laughs> now we're all miserable. It's so fucking true. So for me, the bottom line is this. I would like to see it become more normal to instead of scream at people who don't have the same opinion as you or don't support your lifestyle or your choices or who you are. And I understand it's complicated and it is weird when it's family. I understand that there's exceptions. But for the most part, instead of screaming at people on the internet for not having the same opinion as you and for saying things that you don't enjoy, stop looking at it. It's always going to be there. We're never going to live in this fucking peaceful utopia where everyone accepts everyone and everyone agrees with what bathrooms you should use and what pronouns you should call yourself. It's just never going to happen. So you have to start to adjust yourself to the fact that if somebody is not going to treat me talk to me or call me the things that I want. If somebody is going to treat me in a way I don't enjoy, I have the right to remove them from my life. Whether it is an actor, a comedian, a celebrity, you have the right to remove yourself from looking at what that person is producing. Don't go see a movie that they're in. Don't watch a comedy special that they put out on Netflix, okay? Don't buy their fucking products if you don't agree with those things. That's fine. But what you don't have the right to do is tell them that they can't have their opinion and they can't produce their content or whatever it is just because you don't fucking like it. Okay? It doesn't make sense. Furthermore, if someone is physically present in your life, a friend, a family member, a coworker, whoever it is, you have the right to shut that person down and say, you do not treat me or respect me in the way that I am looking for, and you've done it time and time again. We are done here, sir. Don't talk to that person. Don't accept their messages and calls. Block their number. Block them on social media. Cut those motherfuckers out of your life. Anyone who treats me, this is why my circle is small. This is why I have one real friend that has remained constant in my life, my boyfriend and my family. And that's about fucking it. I have a lot of other people in my life that I talk to, that I see sometimes. But as far as my core circle, it's very small. You know why? Because the second someone fucking treats me or other people in a way that I find unacceptable, that I'm not willing to accept, I cut them the fuck out of my life. Because that's what I get to do as a free person in a free country. I don't have to accept anyone or anything that I don't fucking like or feel is not contributing positively to my life. 
And that might be this episode for you. (laughs) It is what it fucking is, okay? It is what it is. You don't have to have anyone or anything in your life that is damaging to you or hurtful or if someone doesn't respect who you are or who you want to be. This week, I went to the Rufus Soul concert at Forest Hills Stadium. I have been waiting months for this since I bought a ticket on pre-sale. I bought a VIP pit ticket because I was not about to wait in line for seven hours to be up front, but I was going to be fucking up front. That's my new thing from now on. Whenever they have one of those VIP fucking little mini sections up front... That's what I'm doing. It was so worth it. I think the regular tickets were about $100, and the VIP pit ticket was like $250 with all the fees. Well worth the extra money. So I got there early. I took the train to Forest Hills because in different cities, Rufus Dussol has been popping out to their merch truck. So instead of what they do at normal concerts, and most artists do, where they have a table or a section inside the venue selling their merchandise, they decided to do a truck outside the venue, which is so smart because some people aren't going to make the show, but they still want to buy some shit. You know what I mean? So like if you can't make the show for whatever reason and you still want to grab a shirt or grab a fucking hat, I don't know, whatever you want, you can pop out to the truck an hour or so before the show and it's outside the venue. You don't need a ticket. So smart to me. I think that is so smart. And it prevents like the crowd and the cluster of people trying to get to the fucking table i mean they did have merchandise inside but it was nice that it was out at the truck so the truck has become a thing throughout the tour and in certain cities as like a surprise the band will come to the truck so all three members of rufus dusol john james and tyrone will come out to the truck an hour or so before the show And they will jump in and like sign some people's shit and talk to people, right? So I was on a fucking mission. I'm like, I am going to get my shit signed. I ordered two CDs. (laughs) I have their latest album, a signed copy. And then I bought two more of their previous albums because I wanted to make a frame. So I get there early. I go to the truck. And anyone who knows me knows that it's like my specialty to like make friends (laughs) with team members of artists I like. Or like people that work at the venue because I need the inside scoop. I need the inside information. I need to plot and plan. I will circle the building a couple times and look for the exits where I know the artists are going to come out of if I want to find them later. I'm a fucking professional and I am dedicated. And this is why I go to shows of artists I really fucking love alone because Rufus Dussault they're my Jesus, okay? This is me going to church, <laughs> singing along to their songs is my version of the hymns in the Bible, and I do not need distractions, and I do not need my energy to not be matched by any casual fans or people who don't fucking know their music and just want to tag along with me because I am the greatest time. Not for Rufus, not for Rufus. So I went alone because I cannot be tied down. I am invested. I am on a schedule. I have points to hit, marks to make on my list of things to do. Please do not interrupt me. So I get there. I go right to the truck, right to the truck. I already decided I was spending money that I don't need to be (laughs) on the merch. I bought two fucking shirts. It was like $120. You know what? Whatever. It is what it is. YOLO, I guess, as we used to say. I really do love the sweatshirt. The sweatshirt is so dope. It's like heavy and thick. It's a great design. And then sometimes for like milestone shows, they have this tendency, Rufus, to make specific shirts. So they had specific shirts to New York at Forest Hill Stadium with the dates on it. So I had to buy one of those as well. I got a t-shirt. So the merch guy, 
I'm like talking to him, making conversation, and I'm like, yo, what are the odds that the boys are coming out to the truck today? What are the odds that they're going to pop in here? Like, I don't want to stand around here for two hours for no reason if they're not going to show up. So, like, you know, what are the odds? I stalked my mailman to get these fucking CDs for them to sign. And that's the truth. I was stalking the fucking mail, hoping that it came because I ordered the CDs and rush shipped them. (laughs) And I was dying waiting to see because they're coming on the same day as the concert if they were going to get here in time, which they did. So he says to me on the low, low, and in the quiet, he's like, it's supposed to happen. Like, I can't promise it, but it's scheduled to happen. You should come back in about an hour. And so I'm like, thank you so much. We'll do. And I'm not fucking telling anyone. I'm sorry. Like, it's every man for themselves in situations like that. <laughs> you know, I don't need a fucking huge crowd to erupt because they know they're going to be there. If you're dedicated, you'll wait and you'll figure it out like I did. I am not here to create a fucking pandemonium situation so that everybody gets the time ruined. So I go get something to eat. I come back, right? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm looking around. The security comes out. There's like a mob of security and what looks like a tour manager or someone from their team and they're in front of the truck and they're all having a little conference pointing places saying this and that and the third this is what's going to happen and I know it's about to happen he says I'm going to go get them he leaves and like a half hour goes by and I'm like that's strange the way they were like grouping up the security and giving them like a pep talk it seemed like it was about to happen so it's strange that it's been like 30 minutes and there's been no movement another guy who looks like a tour manager or someone from their team comes out to the truck and jumps in the truck and is talking to the people and then walks away and then looks to his left and sees me and walks up to me and says, are you the guy that was waiting to meet the boys? I'm sorry. Is this a game of fucking telephone that everyone knows I'm standing out here like a stalker waiting for the guys to come out and sign my shit? Is everyone aware on this team that some weirdo is standing here staring at the truck waiting for Rufus Dussault to come out on a goddamn golf cart? Let me know. So anyway, I said, yes, that's me. I'm here waiting. And he was like, well, I don't want you to wait for no reason. So something came up and they're not coming. Can you come back tomorrow? They had two sold out shows at Forest Hills Stadium, Friday and Saturday. And I'm like, no, I have to work. I can't really come back. And he's like, well, call out. (laughs) Valid point. Valid point. I should have. So now I'm like, bummed, super disappointed, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, what do you want from them? You already have a signed copy of their most recent album, and you have two fucking tattoos on your body that were personally written in their handwriting. I have a Solace tattoo, which is their album, their second album that came out in 2018? Yeah, 18? And I got the tattoo before they even put out the album because Solace was the perfect name. Like, that's literally what they are to me. It was perfect. So I reached out to them and was like, hey, I'm going to get this tattoo. Will you draw it up for me? And John from Rufus Soul wrote it and I got it on my arm. And then I got the Alive tattoo that I posted recently, which is literally all three members wrote it out. I asked him for somebody to write it and he sent me back three, like one from each member and I ended up mixing it. I think I told this story already. I ended up mixing everyone's handwriting and making like one line and putting it on my hand. So like, what more do you want from these people? You need another fucking signed album? You've gotten more (laughs) than you could have ever bargained for. Every time I've posted a picture of my tattoo, like the fans go crazy. They cannot even believe that not only did I get in touch with them, that they actually will communicate 
communicate back and forth with me, but the fact that they actually wrote it out and I have the line of the lyrics of their song. Like, it's crazy that I have that kind of access to them and such like a personal memory, you know? So like, what more do I fucking want? I need to stand in front of them at the truck. I think it just would have been cool to like physically see them in person up close and actually get to talk to them because of all the artists that I really love that I've got to interact with. I've never actually done that face to face with them. So that would have been cool, but it is what it is. So now I'm like depressed, (laughs) but I'm not going to let that ruin my day. So I have never been to Forest Hill Stadium. If you are in the New York area and you can catch a show at Forest Hill Stadium, I highly recommend it. It's one of the most incredible venues I've ever been to. And I've been to almost all the concert venues in New York. The way you walk in and there's like this festival style area with the turf and the vendors and the merch and the drinks, like it feels like you're at Governor's Ball, but it's its own concert and then you walk into the stadium section and it's a whole stadium past that point it's like a literal whole backyard to hang out in and chill and then there's the actual stadium absolutely incredible so i walk into the stadium and there's the floor the general admission and then there's this one little section that's gated off that's way smaller right in the front on the right and that's the vip pit i was like this is fucking sick so instead of having to wait in line for hours and hours and hours to ensure that I was in the front row. I literally walked in a half hour maybe before the opener went on and there was three people in the VIP section. So I walked right up to the front gate and stood in my spot. So then I bounced, right? I'm like, I got to go stock up. I went to pee, I smoked a cigarette and I grabbed three beers. I started talking to the girl at the concession stand where I wanted to buy the beers from. And I was like, listen, I know you're probably not supposed to do this, but like how many beers can you sell me? How many beers can you give me at one time? She's like, technically two. I'm like, all right, give me three. (laughs) She gives me three and she starts to open it. And then she goes to open the second one. And I'm like, do you have to open every single one of those? And she just like kind of looks at me and smiles and hands me the two closed cans and the one open one. And I stuffed the extra two in my backpack and I was prepared for the rest of the night. (laughs) I went right back to my spot and I had beers and water and all the shit I needed. I had a joint in my pocket and I was set for the entire night in the front row and I was not leaving. And it was so great because the opener went on. They played for about 45 minutes to an hour and then there was a break in between and the later and later it got the more and more that section filled up and I never had to fucking leave. So 10 out of 10 for Forest Hill Stadium. The rest of the stadium in the stands is all like it's almost like bleacher seats. It was such a cool venue. I couldn't get over it, right? So the show starts. Rufus comes on. I do not believe that the girls behind me were prepared for what I meant when I said, I'm here to shake my ass and lose my mind. God bless the people who were standing next to me if my disgusting, whiny singing voice is in their videos because I cringe every time I'm singing in a concert video but you know what there's no self-control when it comes to Rufus Dussault in the front row I lose my fucking mind and my body belongs to some kind of spiritual realm (laughs) and I don't know what's happening except somehow all the correct lyrics to the song are coming out of my mouth and I really thrive when I'm dancing at a concert, when I'm up front and there's a gate. Like some venues are smaller and there's no gate. You're just pressed up against the stage like Brie Runway. But venues like this, there's a gate separating the stage. And then obviously there's a small space. So like the photographers and the security can come in and out with those big crowds. I thrive when I have a gate to hold on to 
when I'm doing my stripper moves and my dancing. <laughs> it really is the prime situation. And something about the gate where you can lean your arms on it, it helps you keep like space between you and the other people when you're in a general admission crowd. Like when I was at the Brie Runway concert, it was only a 500 person venue, but there was no gate and it was small. So everyone kind of like packed together. All you had in front of you to rest on was the actual stage. So it was harder to keep your space. The gate's nice where you can put your arms up while you're waiting and kind of like establish your little fucking area. The boys came out. I started losing my fucking mind. And honestly, I could not stop turning around and staring at the crowd like I don't have a lot of pictures and videos and that's how you know that I had a good time and I was super invested I have I have some but like not as much as you would think because they're my absolute favorite like I need to be present the music is so I don't know it's like ethereal and it's like a spiritual experience for me it really is and there's something about people who create something especially music like the, the sounds and the lyrics and the words and everything that's involved in the music that they make that they're playing live, which is another thing, like, it's an electronic band, it's electronic music, but they're playing all those electronic instruments live. It's not like DJ sets. Not to say that DJs don't play live, but there's some DJs that don't, or it sounds like the, I don't know, it's just, it's different. There's something about these live electronic instruments that they play with Tyrone, the lead singer, who is singing live. It's like a real live show. I don't know. It's fucking incredible. If you've never seen them, catch them the next time that they come, even if you don't really know them, because I guarantee you will love it. You will enjoy it. It is so great. So there's something about the fact that these guys are up there and they're performing this music that they wrote and produced these songs about the best and the worst times in their lives, in their relationships, in their relationships with each other. And I'm sitting here singing it and enjoying it because it's been a part of my best and worst times. I discovered them in 2016. That was the first time I started listening to them. I've listened to their music as it's come out since then, and it has been present and it has affected all of the greatest and worst times in my own life since then. So you feel, I personally feel such a connection to them and their music because of that, you know? Like, I feel like it's gotten me through so many things. It's like a support system, you know, when something goes wrong and you can relate to music like that. So it's such a weird relationship when you don't actually know these people, but you know a lot about their struggles through their art. And it has also helped you get through some of yours and also celebrate some of your triumphs. You know, there's like a lot of songs that they have that they're celebrating their success and their relationships and love. And their music has also been there through those times in my life. So it's weird to feel such a connection to people that you don't actually know because you feel like you know so many personal things about them through their art. So I cried three times (laughs) throughout the show. Me, me. I am not a crier. Anyone who knows me knows that. I usually have one a year, if that, and sometimes I fill my quota early. I cried three times because it was such an incredible emotional experience. And to have seen them for the first time when I first started listening to their music in a 1,500-person venue, and then to continuously watch the crowds 
grow and get bigger little by little every time I've gone to see them over the years. I think this was the eighth time that I've seen them live. And every time I've seen them, the crowds get bigger and bigger and more and more people that I talk to in my own time will start to know who they are, which never used to happen. So to turn around and realize that I saw them in 2016 in a 1500 person room and look around at 13,000 people packed into a venue, vibing to their music and their live performance and looking at the set and everything that was going on around them and realize how massive and how scaled up everything has become in the six years since the first time I saw them, it like, I felt proud of them, almost like they were my friends, you know? Like I was looking up and looking around and I was like, wow, what an incredible feeling it must be to have been a band that started in their local towns in Australia 12 years ago, I think it was, and then be in New York City. And at that time that they started, I'm sure they were like anyone else, hoping to reach for the stars, but never really knowing exactly what was going to happen and how their careers would pan out. You always hope for the best, but there's always a chance that it doesn't work. So to progress over all these years together and then be standing in New York City 12 years later when you started this band and had a dream and to have that dream fully realized right in front of your face must be the most insane feeling to stare out at that crowd of 13,000 people, which they sold out two nights in a fucking row. Over two nights, they played for more people than Madison Square Garden holds. Absolutely incredible. I can't imagine what that feels like for them because if I felt so proud and so emotional because I feel like such a tiny part of their journey as a listener and someone who is so invested in what they create and what they do. I can't imagine how the three of them looking around at each other and looking at this crowd and seeing what they've created must feel like. Also, people who are Rufus Dussault fans who go to their shows are the best... <laughs> coolest people you will ever meet it's such good vibes it's all about having a good time everyone's friendly we were walking out of the venue so forest hills has like their gates where you enter the venue and then when you're walking in and out there's like this long wide pathway to the street where the trains are and there's like the security where you can check your bag and shit right before you get to the gate it's probably like a five minute walk down this almost like a street we're walking out in this massive packed crowd and someone has a huge roll speaker. like a, It looked like a rolling suitcase. And they're playing songs from Rufus as we're exiting the venue and walking down the street. And it's a literal mob of people dancing and singing along like a fucking flash mob. And this went on for God knows how long because I followed it the whole time we were walking down that street. And then we turned the corner and it continued past the merch truck and down the street. We started a literal Rufus to Soul parade. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And it is so representative of what kind of people really love them. It's such positive, great energy. I had the best time. But you know what? We're going to get into the juice, the juice of the Rufus Dussault concert, because now that they are getting more and more popular, they are attracting the gen pop, as I like to call them, okay? The general population, the people who are not fans, 
who are not there because they are invested. They are just there because they bought tickets for some bitch that they just met because they thought it would be a fun night out. Some random show at Forest Hills Stadium that they decided was their third date, okay? And I have had a fucking enough of those people. Standing next to me, of course, of course, of course, standing next to me is the biggest asshole at the Rufus Giselle concert. This man, I don't know his name, okay? But let me paint a picture for you. He is a knockoff Jason from Selling Sunset, okay? A short, bald, average-looking man in clothes that look expensive, okay? And he proceeded to get wasted, more and more wasted, before the show started, during the show. He was the most annoying person I have ever met in my life. With him was his girlfriend, who was wonderful, beautiful, and the best time. And she needs to leave his fucking ass because he was terrible to her the entire time. They spent an hour rotating between looking like they were having sex the way they were dancing. He was poorly humping her because he had no rhythm and he was wasted. So I feel sorry for her if that's the way he throws dick because it does not look like a great experience. Then he wanted to make out with her neck. Then he was yelling at her and telling her that he was going to leave. Then he would disappear. She was yelling at him for being too drunk. It was fucking ridiculous and it was happening next to me and I was doing my best to drown it out. She was a great time. Every I wish he just would have left forever because every time he left and threw a tantrum, her and I were having the best fucking time together. He was a nuisance. He progressively got more and more wasted the entire time and he was making this weird noise where it was like, woo woo, some like gay shit that he was doing and it was such a nuisance and it was interrupting every time he did it and I wanted to reach down his throat and rip out his vocal cords with my bare hands, stomp on them, spit on them and throw them over the fucking guardrail. I was so annoyed by him. Then he tried to start a fight with some other drunk person next to him. We don't fight at a Rufus Dussault concert. First of all, you're distracting everyone from the good time. Second of all, this is not the environment for that. We are here to have fun. We are here to have an experience. And we are here to vibe with the music, okay? This is not the place to be fighting. This is not Metallica. Fuck out of here with that nonsense. I can take you no types of serious if you are fighting at a Rufus Dussault concert because you obviously don't understand the message or what we are doing here. Goodbye. Speaking of fighting at a Rufus Dussault concert, my friend from high school, we'll call her Denise. She came to the show with one of her friends, who I also know. We had this plan to meet up. She is a Rufus Dussault fan as well. We had this plan to meet up. It didn't work out. They got here late. They were taking basic white girl city pictures on her friend's balcony. <laughs> they were on the terrace with the city behind them, posing for pictures like every other white bitch in the fucking New York City. Whatever. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your time. Okay, so Denise has this situation with a girl we also went to high school with that's a year older than us. She may or may not have been hooking up with this girl's husband before they were dating, before they met. <laughs> Which, who gives a shit what happened before you? I'm sure it's frustrating to marry someone who has slept with someone that you know and or went to high school with, who you sometimes see, especially if you don't like that person. But honestly, that's a choice you made. You already knew that before you married this person. So don't start blaming other people for your fucking situation. That's number one, okay? So some months, maybe a year ago, Denise ran into this person whose husband she used to sleep with before they were together. 
at a bar in our hometown, which is why you don't go to wing nights and Thanksgiving eves in the town that you went to high school in, okay? Especially when you're approaching 30. Why the fuck are you doing that? Sorry, Denise. Why are you doing that? Why are you why are you hanging out in that town? You wouldn't catch me fucking dead in a bar in that town. Absolutely not. She runs into this bitch in a bar and this bitch has words for Denise over the fact that she had hooked up with her man before they had met, okay? What is your problem? Why are you worried about what happened before you were with this person? All that makes you look like is an insecure bitch, okay? It makes you look immature and insecure. You're not secure in your relationship, obviously, and you must not feel like you're riding the dick the way you're supposed to if you're concerned with the way someone else was doing it, okay? Because what I can tell you is I have zero concerns about who, what, how, when, why. Somebody was riding my man's dick before I knew him because I am at home putting on a goddamn performance, okay? every time I'm doing so, because I will not (laughs) be outdone. There's obviously something going on in your relationship if you are that insecure that you need to not only cause problems in your own relationship over someone from the past, but cause problems in public with the person who has nothing to do with your relationship and wants nothing to do with your relationship. So, that situation arises. Now we're at the Rufus Soul concert in 2022, and I am being told this story over the phone before Rufus comes on. Not the optimal moment, but whatever. Denise and her friend go to get a drink before the show starts. Now, Denise and I planned to meet up and it didn't work out because they were late because they were busy taking their basic white girl pictures. So we never actually met up. We saw each other from afar. I waved to them from the stands in their peasant section (laughs) while I was in the front row. And that was about it. We were texting back and forth. Never once in this 13,000 person venue did we run into each other because what are the chances of that? Okay, so Denise and her friend go to get a drink at the bar before the show starts. She is standing and ordering a drink. And who the fuck out of 13,000 people does she look over and see standing next to her? But this girl who she had a problem with over her fucking husband. They have not seen each other since the altercation in the bar. And now they are standing next to each other, making eye contact at the bar at the Rufus Dussault concert. So Denise does the mature, adult, responsible thing and says hello. The other party says hello. Denise turns around and she hears the other person say something to the effect of, what a fucking cunt. Denise, (laughs) not being one to back down from a challenge, turns around and says, what the fuck did you just say? The other party says, I wasn't talking to you with a snippy, snobby, nasty attitude. I can see the whole face movement, okay? Denise then says, well, you said what you said as soon as I turned around, so it's pretty clear what and who you were talking about. I don't understand why you have such a fucking problem. So they begin to engage in some sort of verbal back and forth to which the other party decides to allude to the fact that she is better than Denise because this is the kind of person this is and says, I'm up here and you're down here making the hand movements of up and down, okay? First of all, bitch. (laughs) I don't get down with this shit. And this is why I'm talking about this. We have a point we're getting to, but this is why I'm talking about this. I don't get down with this shit, okay? You're at a random fucking event and you run into someone who you had a problem with. That person says hello. You say hello. 
and then you wait until they turn around to say something. If you're going to be a fucking nasty bitch, do it from the jump, okay? Keep that same energy the whole time and don't say a word. Give her a look and turn around. Tell her to go fuck herself from the jump. Don't start being nice and then wait till someone turns around to be a fucking catty bitch. That's pathetic, number one. Number two. You're not better than anyone because everyone knows that you got married and you posted all these pictures about your stupid pretend fairy tale wedding. And everyone knows that the months, year before, you were fighting some random bitch in a bar from high school because she used to sleep with your now husband, okay? That's pathetic. And we all know that you live in your mom's basement with your husband, okay? So maybe instead of spending money on this goddamn wedding that you wanted to put on a show for everyone and show pictures of to everyone in high school who doesn't fucking care about you is just a waste of time maybe you should have bought a fucking house use that money on a down payment bitch okay don't worry about what the fuck we're doing over here nobody's concerned about you or your man i wish to god i wish to god i would have been at that bar to get a fucking drink with this bitch, Denise, to run into this other party and watch this situation happen because i would have interjected myself right into the situation and been like you know what bitch Okay, you were obviously fucking miserable and insecure. Nobody wants to see your husband's tiny wiener any longer. I'm sorry that you have a problem with the fact that he slept with other people before you were with him. Okay, you peaked in high school and you live in your mom's basement. You are in your fucking 30s. You are in your 30s having an argument at a concert, at a bar with someone that you went to high school with. You're absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what is wrong with people, and this is the point of this conversation. You need to check your own insecurities, and you need to do some work on yourself. Not just the other party, I'm speaking in general, and also to myself. <laughs> I've already done this work on myself, okay? You need to work on your own insecurities, because what you end up doing when you don't is making a fool out of yourself. Because anyone who was watching this situation play out the way that this person acted, from what I was told, this is a telephone story, but I've known Denise to be a lot of things. She's a lot of, she's a lot of things. <laughs> Love you. But one thing that Denise is not is a fucking liar. She doesn't make shit up out of her fucking head. So I believe from both knowing a little bit about how this person was in the past in high school, the other party, and what their attitude is like, and knowing Denise and that she's not a fucking bullshitter, that this is probably exactly how this went. Stop making a fool out of yourself over a man, ladies. That's number one, okay? Ladies and gays, stop making a fool out of yourself over a man because he doesn't fucking care about this situation as much as either one of you do. And you look stupid being in your 30s arguing with some bitch you went to high school with in public at a concert. Number two, this is a Rufus Dussault concert, okay? Take that shit somewhere else. We are here to have a great time. This type of bullshit energy, no, this is not happening here. Absolutely not. You are grown adult women. Cut the fucking bullshit. I wish I was up there to tell that bitch about herself. What a fucking joke of a way to act. Work on yourself and work on your relationship, okay? Because obviously there is something going on within your relationship or yourself that is making you feel some type of way 
about your boyfriend and or husband now and if his eye is wandering, okay? These people don't hang out. She's not hanging out with your husband or running into him places every day. Look, what are you talking about, bitch? Anyone who knows Denise knows that she has been with her boyfriend for quite some time now and they are perfect for each other. She is absolutely going to end up with him. She is obsessed with him and she has zero interest in anyone else's man or any single free men because she is happy in her relationship and committed. Anyone who knows her knows that. So nobody's worried about your fucking loser husband and his small fucking wiener. Goodbye. I also personally don't like this bitch because I remember the days in high school, we didn't really know each other like that. Like we weren't friends, but we were friendly. We had mutual friends. We ran in similar crowds to some degree. We would see each other at parties and events and we had conversations. We were friendly with each other, but we weren't like hanging out. This bitch had the nerve, the fucking nerve. I didn't like this very specific group of people in high school. They were the people who thought they were so fucking hot and so cool that they were just too good for everyone. And they fucking were none of those things. And all of them now, (sighs) I see what goes on on the social media. Anyway, this one kid I didn't fucking like was friends, best friends with another kid who I had been really good friends with growing up. And we kind of grew apart, but we remained cool until I was like beefing with his best friend in high school. And then it became ugly. But these people were like terrible mean when it came to me. And I had a big fucking mouth and I would fucking smash people into lockers if they decided to try it with me. I wasn't a little bitch running away and crying. So, you know, it was also because I was participating and I was involved in the back and forth, but whatever, I was fucking 17. So this old friend of mine and his best friend who I was beefing with decided that it would be funny to like mock the pictures I was taking. Like I was <laughs> I was taking super gay selfies back then. And if you remember Facebook, they had that fucking picnic shit. It was like a built-in app that you could edit photos and make them look absolutely ridiculous. It was super gay. I had shit all over my pictures. It was so gay. So they decided that they were going to reenact my pictures and edit them to look like mine, obviously mocking and making fun of me, and then post them on Facebook for literally everyone in high school to see. And mind you, like, I always had a lot of friends. Like, I was always really cool with different crowds and different groups of people, because that's how I am. I'm not a judgmental person based on how you dress or the things that you're interested in. I don't care about that. My thing is, are you a good person? Do you treat me nicely and do you treat other people nicely and do you treat yourself nicely? That's all I fucking care about. I don't care what color, shape, size, all that shit. I don't give a fuck about any of that. If you are a cool person and I can respect you and how you move, I'm cool with you, whether we're close or we're not. So I was always cool with everyone except a very specific group of people who was cool with almost no one except for themselves because they were obsessed with themselves. So this bitch, the other party in the Denise story just decided to, for some reason, participate in what they were doing and was involved in, like, reenacting these pictures and posting them all over the internet to try to embarrass me. And honestly, everyone in high school was talking about it. It was, like, the topic of the day, you know, because one thing only lasts in high school at that time, a day or two or three And then something else ridiculous happens and everyone talks about that instead. And I'm not a person who's easily shaken or offended. It did hurt my feelings because 
it was just so public. Social media was new. So there were Facebook and MySpace had just kind of like started dying out. We were onto Facebook. Everybody had to fake colleges back then to be a part of Facebook. Remember when it was for college only? <laughs> and, you know, it was new and everybody was doing it. We were BBMing. We were still on AIM at this point. Like there was a lot of shit going on. If you remember Formspring, we'll talk about that in another episode. Formspring, where you could leave anonymous questions and messages. Mine just literally said every person, are you gay? Are you gay? Are you gay? Homo faggot. <laughs> oh, I love that memory. So yeah, so everybody was talking about it. And like, I let it bother me for a few minutes. At first, I felt embarrassed and I was like, this is shitty. Like, I'm going to go to school tomorrow and everyone's going to be talking about how these fucking losers are making fun of me. And this girl was a part of that. And I think that that was the most confusing part. And it's why I still remember it. Fuck those other losers that I couldn't stand and I constantly had problems with because I did some other shit in retaliation. <laughs> Which I wouldn't do now because I'm almost 30 and I've grown and progressed. But I did some other shit in, in, in retaliation to turn the tables and it was fucking hysterical. And I always won that battle. You're not going to come on a fucking verbal or whatever kind of spat with me and win. If you want to get creative and make fun of each other, we're going to battle. I'm going to fucking win, which I did. So that's that. I just remember looking at that girl in those pictures and thinking, what a terrible, horrible, nasty cunt bitch. We have zero issues with each other. We are always friendly when we see each other. Why are you involving and inserting yourself into this situation? You knew exactly what those people were doing. You knew exactly what the purpose was. You were all fucking talking about it the whole day, which like hysterical. And this is what made me get over it in high school really quick. How fucking pathetic are you that on your free time outside of high school you're so obsessed with me <laughs> you are spending your time making reenactments of my pictures and then editing them to look like mine and posting them so you can make fun of me but in return you just look fucking stupid for spending your time outside of school thinking about me like you just look like fucking idiots so that's what got me over the shit real quick but what a terrible horrible nasty bitch to involve yourself in something that had nothing to do with you a situation you were completely removed from that you participated in with someone who you were perfectly cool with and friendly with so that just goes to show me what kind of stupid bitch you were and furthermore what's so ridiculous is that you are clearly Still a very similar person, still an unhappy, miserable person who needs to take your shit out on other people who have nothing to do with you. So that's another thing. Growth. Personal growth. We are in our fucking 30s. Well, she's in her 30s. I'm 29 for a couple more months. <laughs> we are in or approaching our 30s. Let the high school shit go. I don't sit around thinking about the story I just told. I couldn't give a fuck less. I thought about it because this story was told to me about how this bitch was acting. And I thought to myself, wow, some people never change. Some people never grow. They never progress. They never work on themselves. And they never get better. They're still the same miserable, nasty, pretentious people who think they're better than others. You weren't better than anybody then. And you're not better than anybody now living in your mom's fucking basement with your husband rent-free, bitch. So, like, who do you think you are? It's so ridiculous to me. Work on yourself. Progress. Grow. If you are 
of a certain age still acting the same way that you were in high school with people you went to high school with 10 to 12 years later, you need to reevaluate yourself and you need to make some changes because something is wrong with you. If you are so insecure that someone from your significant other's past continuously is causing problems for you just because you're running into them once a year or two or three, that is your own problem and your own insecurities. If you want to go home and fight with your husband about it, that's one thing. That's not super healthy either, but that's your own private business. But for you to continuously cause and engage in problems with this other girl who has not had a goddamn thing to do with your husband since before you were with him... Okay, it would be one thing if this bitch was texting your husband, talking to your husband, trying to fuck your husband, then by all means, if you can't get her to go away and your husband is not doing anything about it, beat her fucking ass. I support that 100%. I don't support blaming other people when your significant other cheats on you, but if it's someone that you know and you have history with and they are continuously coming for your man, beat that bitch up punch her in the face 100%. But this girl has nothing to do with your life or your husband, nor does she want to. So for you to publicly, in public settings, be continuously causing problems every time you see this person by chance, the only person who looks stupid is you. So work on yourself and figure it the fuck out because you're ridiculous. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to (laughs) reenact the pictures of her wedding. (laughs) Or maybe I'll jump in my basement apartment and reenact her married life. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Grow up. Lastly, before I leave you, is the importance of keeping a spicy sex life. I heard a story from a friend who shall remain nameless. She is dating someone new. Now, before I tell this story, let me just clarify. I understand how easy and fun it is when you're in your 20s, your late 20s, but still your 20s, and you are dating someone new. Everything in the early stages is fun and crazy and wild and sexy, or it should be, or you should get the fuck out. Because if it's not that fun in the beginning, it's not going to be any better in three years. But I understand it's much easier to say, well, they've been together for a few months or they've been hanging out for this amount of time. Of course, it's spicy and fun. Yes, the story I am telling is a new situationship. However, it can be used as an example to talk about what the future brings. So my friend is in a situationship, okay? And she has been hanging out with this guy who recently got divorced or is separated. And she was mulling over in her head. They like had had a situation in the past and it didn't work out. Not dating, not a relationship, but they had been hanging out. And then they both ended up seeing other people and he got married. She ended up in a relationship that she just got out of. So lo and behold, they both end up single at the same time. They're both kind of leaning on each other as friends to talk about what they're going through. And they end up hooking up and all's going well so far. She's playing it cool, which I told her to do. I said, don't act like a crazy fucking psycho bitch. Like, don't do the woman thing. Don't make things more than they are. Just be cool. Be friends. Be chill. Be flirty. And let things happen on their own. You know, let it run its course and see where it goes. So she's been having a really fun time. At first, she was mulling it over. She's like, I can't have sex with him. He still has a wife. And I'm like, bitch, 
Do not do the woman thing. That's another thing with the woman thing. Men are not thinking about that, okay? If this man, his wife, I don't know what she did. She did some weird, crazy shit and she bounced. And I'm sure that was very upsetting. But he's at the point where he's like thinking about other things if he's hanging out with you. Don't overthink it. He's not married. They're living separately and he's telling you that there's no chance they're getting back together because she's a psycho bitch who pulled some crazy shit. So who cares? Fuck him. Fuck him. It's not like he has a wife that he's planning on staying with. He's separated. They have filed paperwork. They are living separately. Don't do the woman thing and overthinking it because he's not thinking, oh, what about my soon-to-be ex-wife? He's thinking, I'm hanging out with this bitch and I'm gonna fuck her. <laughs> and that's what you should be thinking. So the situationship has been going on for quite some time. And this past week, they go out, they have a couple drinks, they're partying, they're having fun. They are driving home and things start to get sexy in the car. They are feeling each other up. Things are getting weird. Somebody may have put their head into the driver's seat and engaged in some oral sex. <laughs> this is why my stories remain nameless or in code name. We can't be outing people's sexual exploits. We can't be outing people's sexual encounters with their real names. So there's some uh, lap napping going on in the driver's seat. So as that's happening, he decides to pull over in a parking lot and he tells her to get out. Now she's a little tipsy, so she's like look around she can't really figure out where she is but she's down for the ride right so she's like oh no <laughs> am i gonna get caught having sex in a fucking parking lot like an asshole lo and behold it turns out they're at a literal fucking baseball field they went into the middle of the field and they are just fucking in the darkness <laughs> in the pitch black of the outfield and this is how you need to live your life sexually it is such a common thing for people to act like sex is not important in a relationship when you are in a long-term committed relationship where you are not having sex with other people, okay? I've been with my boyfriend for three years. I can't imagine what it's like to be with someone for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You gotta keep the shit alive. You gotta keep things fucking spicy. That is what you should be doing in year five, six, seven. Whatever you were doing in year one, you gotta keep that same fucking energy. It is so important, and there is such a lack of conversation about the importance of sexual compatibility. Everyone wants to talk about all the things they want and the list of fucking things they need from a partner, and that's very important. And sex is not supposed to be the main part of your relationship. It's not supposed to be all about sex. It get, it's very fucking shallow if that's all you got is some good sex. But sexual compatibility is very important. It is important if you are going to spend years in a relationship with someone that you are compatible, whether it's about how frequent you want to have sex, what your sex drives are like, the things you like to do, the places you like to do it. People who are spontaneous, you need to have a partner who's also spontaneous sexually. You can't be constantly limited because then you start to resent that person. If there's things you want to do and the other person constantly doesn't want to do it, you start to feel like there's something wrong with you and you start to resent them and that's not healthy so sexual compatibility is so important when it comes to the amount you want to have sex when it comes to the ways you want to have sex the things you want to do how your sex drive is it's all important to find someone who just matches up with you in that way as well as many other things but we're specifically talking about this so you need to keep it spicy through the years. You should be having sex in the outfield. <laughs> I was having a conversation with my boyfriend the other day. And one thing I love about our relationship is that we're very open with each other in the sense that we're not jealous of talking about the past. So maybe someone else 
who I talked about in this episode, maybe you can take notes out of this. I don't care what happened in the past. I used to, in my early 20s, in my first relationship, be super jealous. I couldn't hear anything about what you had done previously before me because it made me jealous. But now I'm like a grown man and I'm rational enough to know that whatever happened before me is not affecting my relationship now. So what the fuck do I care what you did when we weren't together before I fucking met you? I'm going to hold that against you. So we're really open about that shit. So we had a conversation about the most public places we had sex. (laughs) And mine were a balcony at a hotel in Ocean City. I stayed at this hotel with my ex. We spent the weekend in Ocean City for I think it was an anniversary like two years of being together or something. And we had sex out on the seventh floor balcony, which overlooked the beach and the strip at like 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) And people definitely saw us from a distance down below, but it was hot. It was like the best time. I love that fucking shit. And then the other one was a New York city rooftop. I stayed at this hotel with this guy I was seeing for a little bit in the city. And we went to the rooftop to smoke a joint at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and we were the only ones on the rooftop, and there was this spot where you could sit down kind of like in the corner of the rooftop, and it was dark, and you had a full view of the window looking into the hallway where the elevator was. There was like this lounge area, and then there was the outside rooftop, and nobody was ever up there. There was no staff or anything. It was just kind of open to the public. But the spot that we were sitting in, you could perfectly see if somebody was coming down the hallway from the elevator and you had some time to, you know, like adjust. You had like a, you know, 20 seconds. So it was very easy to like pretend nothing was happening if someone was coming. So we had sex right there on the fucking rooftop after smoking a joint. And it was such a great experience. So my boyfriend and I were talking about these past experiences and I think it like opened up that conversation like we talk about a lot of things from past relationships and this happened and then resulted in this and things were this way but we haven't always talked about like sexual stuff like that but I think it was a really interesting open conversation and I won't tell you his experiences because that's his story to tell (laughs) but it opened up like a conversation and it was like wow you did this I wouldn't have seen you doing that, but you did that. And I don't know. It just like opened up a new side of things and it might lead to us doing some like fun, crazy new things that we haven't done yet because we now know that each person has done this and that and and is into this and that. It it was a fun conversation. I don't know why people get so crazy and so jealous about their significant other's past. If they wanted to be somewhere else, it wouldn't be with you. Obviously, they left that fucking person for a reason. Just because they had an enjoyable sexual experience or 50 (laughs) with that person over whatever amount of time doesn't mean that they want to be back in that relationship. It's just an experience that you had. What's the difference of talking about that or talking about what you ate for dinner with that person at a restaurant you liked? Are you not going to go to a restaurant that you enjoy because someone that you're with ate there with their ex? Like It's just weird to me that people are so jealous like that. But it was definitely an interesting conversation and it led me both my conversation with my boyfriend and the anonymous (laughs) friend sexual experience in the outfield led me to think that like you have to keep things spicy in your relationship sexually and you have to be with someone who's compatible you know otherwise as the years go on it's going to frustrate you and you're going to be 
you're going to resent the other person. The same way I told the story last week on last episode about the blowjob bargaining and about the older couples where the guy's always pissed, the 50-something-year-old guy, that his wife won't blow him. It's the same conversation. What is he going to do? Go out and cheat on her? Probably not. That's wrong. But she's not going to fucking blow him (laughs) more than a couple times a year. But you're stuck in that relationship now. And you're stuck in that sexual habit. And that's that's what it is. That's what the issue is. You're stuck in that sexual habit. What are you going to do? Divorce your wife who you love and you have uh, all these things with, a life that you've built with because you want to get more blowjobs? Probably not. Probably not. But maybe that's something that you should have thought about. So you need to have conversations to plan for the future in multiple ways. Please don't take this as me being shallow and thinking everything's about sex. It's just the one topic specifically on a very long list of things that you should discuss with your partner. So plan for the future sexually. Plan for the future sexually. Talk to your partner now. I hate the word partner, but I really do. Let's significant other. Talk to your significant other now and as you're developing a relationship and say, these are the things that I like. These are the things that I want. These are the things that I want to continue to have sexually throughout our relationship. How about you? That's a smart conversation to have because if you don't, you might end up with somebody who doesn't want to fuck you in three years more than three times a year. And then what? Then you're just going to be pissed because you need to be having sex in the outfield. Okay. (laughs) So have productive conversations about sex with your partner or someone that you are interested in. Stop doing that shit where you feel weird and you feel strange. You should be able to communicate what you want in so many ways and specifically in this conversation conversation sexually. If you can't tell your partner you don't feel comfortable saying, I want this, I like this, and they don't feel comfortable doing the same, you should definitely work on that and reevaluate. It is so important to be open about what you want and what you need in that aspect with the literal only person that you're having sex with. I understand if you're single and you're doing your thing, you might not be comfortable with somebody that you don't really know that well are just hooking up with a friends with benefits kind of situation fine understood but if you are spending your time with someone in a relationship and you are planning to continue to progress it is so important to be able to comfortably talk about sex because if you don't you're never going to get what the fuck you're looking for Anyway, that's all I've got for you this week. This has been a wild spectrum of topics and conversations. <laughs> this week is really this is such a contrast <laughs> between where we started and where we've ended up. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you didn't, and my opinions make you want to fucking jump off the top of a building, just don't listen anymore. Don't jump off the building and don't come in my fucking inbox telling me what you do and don't like. Okay, no, thank you. As always, make sure you are following me on Instagram at Mickey Not the Mouse. Make sure you are following the podcast Instagram at Pulse Pounding. And that's about it. I will see you motherfuckers next week. And who knows what'll happen between now and then or what we will have to talk about. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your Pride Month with whatever it is that you're doing, but please do not order from the Postmates bottom-friendly menu, and please do not order top or bottom buns. Let the fucking Whopper come the way it comes. (laughs) No pun intended. Later, bitches. 